Today, Joe Rogan embarrasses a vaccine expert. Joe Biden completely lies about guns and the newest woke Disney movie flops big time. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and comedian Joe Rogan is in big trouble with the left again, this time for sitting down with Democrat presidential candidate RFK Jr. to discuss all the research he's done in vaccines, and specifically vaccine injuries, and whether autism could be related to vaccines. Sounds benign enough, right? A conversation, after all, isn't the entire point of science supposed to be that it's never settled and we should always question it? Well, no, not in 2023 America, where the S in science is capitalized and only the government's experts know science. Anyone else who purports anything different is just a crazy conspiracy theorist. Enter Dr. Peter Hotez. If you've never heard of him, consider yourself fortunate. He is a dean at the Baylor College of Medicine and one of the biggest vaccine shills on the face of the planet. Now, Dr. Hotez was very upset that Joe Rogan would dare have an open discussion about vaccines on his platform, and he tweeted out a link to a Vice article over the weekend titled, Spotify has stopped even sort of trying to stem Joe Rogan's vaccine misinformation and an added a caption. It's really true, just awful. And from all the online attacks I'm receiving after this absurd podcast, it's clear many actually believe this nonsense. To which Joe Rogan responded with Peter, if you claim what RFK Jr. is saying is misinformation, I am offering you $100,000 to the charity of your choice if you're willing to debate him on my show with no time limit. Now, seems like a no-brainer, right? To call something misinformation is making a clear delineation that there is clear-cut evidence to prove that it's not true. Otherwise, you couldn't call it misinformation. What a great opportunity to enrich a charity in Biden's America where many are struggling to make ends meet. In a quote tweet response to Rogan, Hotez said, Joe, you have my cell, my email. I'm always willing to speak with you, which is an interesting approach if the facts are on your side. Wouldn't you want the opportunity to bring it to light rather than have a quiet, private conversation? Well, Rogan called him out for giving a non-answer, saying, I challenged you publicly because you publicly quote tweeted and agreed with that dog S-word vice article. If you're really serious about what you stand for, you now have a massive opportunity for a debate that will reach the largest audience a discussion like this has ever had. If you think someone else is better qualified, suggest that person. Well, uh, Hotez responded, Joe, if you are serious about addressing vaccines, plus the fact that 200,000 unvaccinated Americans needlessly perished during our awful Delta strain COVID waves, including 40,000 in our state of Texas because they fell victims to vaccine disinformation, I want to have that discussion. So we're clear. He did say people died due to vaccine misinformation, but notably, he did not agree to the debate. Oh, and just to add to the dogpile, Twitter CEO Elon Musk responded to Rogan. He's afraid of a public debate because he knows he's wrong, to which Peter Hotez began to cry about being attacked by all of these men. Well, Peter, since you brought up people dying from COVID, let's be clear. Americans died because the medical community refused people early treatment and instead sent them home to get sicker before they finally brought them into the hospitals and gave them remdesivir and event 
essentially killing them. Also, they could get more money from the government, uh, from the government who was paying them, incentivizing them to categorize things as COVID. Oh, and also more money for, a, you know, an emergency authorization for a vaccine that also kills. They wanted that too. See, this is what the experts do. They purport that they are the arbiters of truth. They are the only knowledgeable ones. And anyone who questions that narrative is just a kook, a conspiracy theorist, someone not even worth debating. They reduce you down and write you off as not willing to learn, even though it is they themselves who are unwilling to hear a statistic at odds with their own manipulated data. An inconvenient truth, by the way, those of us who questioned everything, specifically the science, the science in quotes when it came to the government's COVID narrative have I don't know, just a 100% track record of being correct. And I'm so glad that today, here to discuss this with me and more, we have Eric July, Blaze TV contributor and founder and owner of Ripaverse Comics, because Eric is someone who has sat by me uh, for many years now, uh, really in the height of COVID, because as we learned, we actually ended up being, we were the non-essentials because they brought us here during this deadly, deadly outbreak, uh, saying, well, you know, if you catch COVID, Oh, well, we still have a show to do. And so we sat here for years and we talked about the science and these experts. And and I want to um, I want to get to uh, Peter Hotez uh, appearing on MSNBC in a second. But I, I just want to I, I want to throw this at you, Eric, while we're on this topic. I experience this all the time, and I'm sure that you do, too. When you dare, uh, you know, question, challenge this scientific narrative, something that a government expert has said, oh, my gosh, it must be true. Case in point, over the weekend, uh, Candace Owens, God bless her, um, has been sounding the alarm lately on something that I've been trying to sound the alarm on for a very long time, which is if you think that COVID vaccines are the first time that the government has misled you on vaccines entirely, you would be absolutely completely wrong. And she was talking about, uh, you know, vaccines and and how many we give our children and how many side effects there are that we don't talk about. Well, someone responded to her and said, uh, well, it's good luck when your kid gets chicken pox, Candace. And I responded and I was like, chicken pox was never scary until they developed a vaccine for it. Now, all of a sudden, everyone's scared of chicken pox. Like you're going to die. Like it used to be a rite of passage. And we maybe we used to have parties when we were growing up. Right. We used to have chicken pox parties. Right. Your mother wanted you to get it yeah, out. Yeah, Get it out. Get it out of the way. Get it over with. Yeah. It's like inconvenient, you know, at worst. But it was just kind of a rite of passage in childhood. Now, all of a sudden that there's a vaccine. Oh, my gosh, you could die. Get the vaccine. And so someone asked me, well, what about polio? Because that's always the response that you get. And I responded, people are getting polio from the vaccine, actually. I believe that we have that. We should have that tweet control room, but that's okay. Uh, People are getting polio from the vaccine. And I cannot even tell you how many people responded to me that I was dumb. Uh, Someone said, you should stick to reading teleprompters, sis. You're out of your depth. Uh, Here's another one that said your entire Twitter is literally misinformation. There's no making you realize this because your career depends on what you think being true. You're what we call a grifter. That's a projection. Correct. (laughs) And so many more of people who are like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, except here's an AP headline from 2019 that says more polio cases now caused by vaccine than by wild virus. Because it is absolutely true that the vaccine strain is what is circulating and what is being caught by people, not the wild uh, polio virus. But I'm stupid and I need, someone said, I hope you don't breed. You know, I'm the dumb one. I'm the conspiracy theorist. I'm the kook because I, I don't know, regurgitated what freaking AP 
Well, that, well, their their issue is who it comes from. Right. Okay. Um, and that's the. I'm not even going to call it frustrating because you're dealing with very stupid people, and I feel like I I, I got a grasp of how to deal with these idiots, and I, I don't try to stoop as low as certainly they do. But they have, whether it be academia, whether it be government officials, they have their group of elitists and experts mm -hmm. that. They feel like if it does not come from them, then it's not true. More accurately putting it, if it comes from someone else that's outside of that given circle, then it has to be false. And Joe Rogan put it actually pretty well that, and it's crazy that we haven't even had, we, we haven't seen at a mass scale like this, really any debate to the contrary on the jab as it pertains to COVID-19, jabs in general, there hasn't really been that conversation that was had at all. It was, well, the government said that this, and their experts said this is the case, and these other guys got banned off of social media when they dared to question it. So if they did believe that their, what they say, let's say that, is truth, then you would think they would have absolutely no issues with arguing others. And like I said, you if you want to throw the card out there where he's unqualified, there's plenty of people that have the same level of expertise, same level of credentials as um, as Holtez that probably are glad to debate. How about Dr. Peter McCullough? Dr. Peter McCullough. I mean, talk talk to him. Talk to um, the, the guy that signed uh, Robert Malone or or the people that signed that, that great Barrington uh, declaration mm -hmm. and have a discussion definitely as it pertains to youngsters. Mm -hmm. Like, let's have the discussion. But to Elon's point, I, it, it, maybe it's less about them knowing they're wrong or afraid that they might be proven to be yes. wrong. And that's why they won't throw themselves um, into a debate because you, you fear that maybe that person that you're talking to on the other side may be on to something. Mm -hmm. Because really all you have right now is this echo chamber where you're not you're not they're not saying that you're correct because you're actually correct. They're saying you're correct based on essentially a logical fallacy. Mm -hmm. And that is this sort of appeal to to uh, this sort of level, level of expertise that they claim to have. But that doesn't make it righteous. Definitely in the, uh, when we talk about science, because science in itself, it's an ever-going debate. I mean, we'd be here all night long if we sat there and talked about things that science, mm -hmm. scientists got, I mean, incorrect, mm -hmm. and then changed, about, changed, which is cool, because they were presented with some new evidence. They, their, their minds changed on that, and what was considered the truth m moved with it. I'm perfectly fine with that. They should be perfectly fine about that, but they're not, because, well, they don't really have the truth on their side. They have, again, it's an appeal to authority. Yeah, I, I, I love that uh, Peter Hotez mentions people who fell victim to vaccine misinformation in one of his tweets. And I would argue that the only people who fell victim uh, to vaccine misinformation were the people who took the vaccine mm -hmm. that you told them would stop the spread. Yep, that was a lot. That you told, right, you told them they could not transmit it if they took the that vaccine. You told them that they would not get it yep. if they took the vaccine. You told them so many lies about this vaccine that you claimed was 100% safe and effective. And now you want to talk about, you have the nerve to talk about victims of vaccine disinformation. The victims were the people who listened to you, Peter. Those are the victims. The victims are the people like someone's 18-year-old uh, daughter that I read about yesterday who died after receiving the injection that, by the way, she didn't want to tell her parents about because she knew that her parents had skepticism, hesitations about this jab. But you know what? She wanted to go to concerts. She wanted to travel. And the government held that carrot 
over her, strung her along to take the jab that ultimately killed her. So I don't want to hear about victims of vaccine disinformation from this dishonest, low-T little slime ball. And I say low-T. I want to play this victim. Oh, my God. Poor Peter Hotez had Joe Rogan and Elon Musk and RFK say really mean things to him on the Internet. There's a whole MSNBC segment talking about help. Oh, my God, poor Peter Hotez. Watch. Set aside for a moment that Joe Rogan wouldn't even be a neutral moderator of such a debate. He's endorsed anti-vax nonsense many times before. But you just can't, in general, debate with conspiracists and loons. You can't Mm. debate whether up is down, hot is cold, Mm. black is white. Mm -hmm. They never change their minds, and they win just by you agreeing to share a platform with them. What's the expression? Never wrestle with a pig. You both get dirty, and the pig gets 40,000 new followers on Twitter. Joining me now is Dr. Peter Hotez himself. Thank you for coming back on the show. It's a shame it's under these circumstances. I understand you've been hit with a deluge of harassment over the last 24 hours. There was even uh, some crazy people who tracked you down and accosted you in person at your home and shouted at you. How are you doing after being called out by the world's richest man and America's most powerful podcaster? Well, you know, the the attacks from the anti-vaccine lobby do come in waves and mm-hmm. and this time though it's uh it's it's been one one of the uh, one of the tougher ones cuz as you point out a physical stalking and and the oh, incessant no. threatening emails and 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 the stuff online is just total wackadoodle. Um I noticed. And let's face it when you have RFK facts. and Junior and Joe Rogan and Elon Musk all tag teaming oh no those trace hombres at the same time i mean that that probably includes just about yeah. every follower on twitter so it's oh it's, no it was uh, a pretty pretty overwhelming oh gosh i'm oh, i'm sorry i'm fighting back tears for peter hotez who literally asked for it when he quote tweeted and posted the article calling out joe rogan and apparently couldn't take the heat but still wanted to remain in the kitchen Man, and, and if I'm not mistaken, and I'm, I guess the audience will be able to correct me if I'm wrong, is, is that not the guy that appeared on Rogan and he was talking about like him eating junk food and stuff? And I think Rogan was like, wait a minute, like you're a doctor. Like, wh- what do you eat junk food? Look, and I mean, stuff? look at him. Yeah, this is the guy that I'm supposed to be getting his right. expert opinions on. But I, I love what you brought up before, because I think a lot of people in, and certainly in this country, they have short memories. People need to understand that they did absolutely lie about what that jab was supposed to do. This isn't an opinion. This is a fact. Mm-hmm. Dr. Rochelle Walensky uh, herself said that you would not get COVID and you were not going to get sick. That uh, That's not my opinion. This is not me just... She literally said that, right? And then after the fact, the same woman who's now not no longer even working with the CDC, if I'm not mistaken, she said that, well, it's not doing that anymore, essentially. So... They got that disastrously wrong, especially considering that was the reason why they got the emergency mm-hmm. authorization in the first place, mm-hmm. because it was supposed to do those two things. Yep. So if there's anybody that is spreading misinformation, it was them. You sold it on something that it didn't do. Again, it's not my opinion. This is factual information. But again, when you have, be it the media in your pocket, Big Pharma in cahoots with the government, mm-hmm. They get to present it as if 
Well, it's, a, it's like a, a mass gaslight. Yep. Because everybody forgets that. Yep. And then when you call it out, they're like, you're crazy. Yep. What do you mean? They never lie. They never say. Remember people, we were talking about this on the show, where people said they never said they it was, never said it was that. supposed to do that. And I'm like, it's on the TV. Right. We, we have to we record just, it. We have receipts. They're all right here. They're Watch right it. there. We don't, we don't have to make this up. No. So that's what they're very good at. And look, man, it's such a big, it's a, it's a difficult enemy to combat. Because you're not dealing with a reasonable enemy. Mm -hmm. You're dealing with the uh, unreasonable enemy that leads by emotion. Mm -hmm. And they know that for certain individuals, a lot, it's a big, it's way more than a handful of people, are easily duped. And if they could change their mind or be wrong about something, be completely incorrect, switch, pivot mm -hmm. tomorrow, and then everybody forgets. Yeah. And, well, and Eric, I, I would add to that, um, at that point, then the science isn't settled and it's okay to have an evolving thing, right? Because that's yeah, what they we said. didn't know. I mean, we, right. we didn't know. It's like, well, that's what science is. Yeah. It's like, well, but that, it's not when I say something different. See, and, that, and that, again, that goes back to the appeal to authority. Yep. They think that the truth rests upon them. Mm -hmm. So even if they're late to the party, because that's what I can't let them make it on. I was saying this. I'm not a medical doctor. Mm -hmm. I'll be the first to tell you. But somehow you can go look at the receipts if you want. They're all on my YouTube. Mm -hmm. I was talking about this because I was looking at the evidence from South Korea in March, February going into March. And I was like, OK, this doesn't make sense because it's these types of people that were getting sick and these people were dying. I was like, well, young folk don't seem to need to be. We're, we're, we're panicking. They threw it out the window. They, they shut everybody down. They acted as if everybody and their mamas was going to die or at minimum you were going to go kill your grandma if you just so happened to walk outside. Right. They said all of this nonsense and they got away with it. And now. They, they they declared that it was doing so or it didn't do something anymore. And now they're like, well, the truth rests upon us. And this is just the new information. It's like, no, it was always that way. COVID in the way that it was, was always that way. Who it impacted, it did that way back in the gap. It didn't change. It, it wasn't on the, the strain or, or whatever, the, the, the variant. Like, like we're talking about comic books, the variant. That wasn't what did it. What, it was the same exact thing. Who it impacted were the same people. And they lied about it and they got away with it. And unfortunately, they, they Rochelle Walensky, I don't know where she's at. She's she's retired or whatever. Step down. She's going to get away with her crimes. Yep. Yep. And that's the part that pisses me off. And that I know we got to go to break. But and that is why she stepped down when she did, because yes. she knew if she walked away quietly, Nothing would happen. Um, all right, we've got uh, we've got more to come, but uh, I want to thank our sponsor this segment, My Patriot Supply. So, um, look, when I'm just saying, when you have the president of the United States who has admitted that there are going to be food shortages, um, and they want you eating bugs, really, like they 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 are advocating for you to start eating bugs for the all I'm saying is things are not going well. And when you talk about emergency food supply, um, people are like, oh, well, whenever we have a shortage, that's when I'll order the food. No, you don't. You don't want to wait until you need it. The point is that you have to be prepared, and you can do that with My Patriot Supply. They offer breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, it's good for like 25-year shelf life, so you know that it will be there when you need it, which is crucial. I'm telling you, you don't want to be caught without. You want to make sure you provide with for your family in Joe Biden's America, okay? Act now to save big on each four-week kit that they have that you need. You can go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Get free shipping as well. It is MyPatriotSupply.com.
Joe Biden spoke to a gathering of gun safety advocates as well as national and local lawmakers at the National Safer Community Summit in Connecticut on Friday. Uh, he promoted the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act and repeated calls to hold gun manufacturers accountable. And of course, that little nationwide ban on assault rifles that he continues to push. Uh, he also boasted about the uh, the pistol, sta the, the stabilizer brace rule that he has uh, gotten done, I would say, in violation of the Second Amendment. Um, but he also made this very interesting claim about um, how these braces make higher caliber bullets. I, I'm, I'm trying to work this one out. Watch. Made it harder for people to buy stabilized braces. Put a pistol on a brace, it turns into a gun. Makes it more, you can have a higher caliber weapon, a higher caliber bullet coming out of that gun. Um, <clears throat> so, I want to, just want to get this straight, Eric. I'm trying to work it out in my head. So, the claim is that when you put the plastic brace, when you put it on the gun, it becomes a gun, is what I heard him say. So, I don't know what it was before. It was, it had the brace. It was not a gun, and now it is. And then once you do that, it actually changes the caliber of the bullet that's in the weapon just from the stabilizing brace. That is, I didn't know that that technology existed with braces, um, but that's some sorcery right there. Yeah, and I would love one. That, that sounds that's like great. a comic book um, <laughs> or, or something. Uh, can, yeah. can I ask you a question? Do you think, because my, my friend Dana Lash, um, I... I she tweeted this out over the weekend and said, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard anyone say about guns. And she is, of course, um, as knowledgeable Shout as anyone. Yes, as knowledgeable as anyone on the Second Amendment and firearms. Um, but is it like, is are these people this illiterate and stupid about all of these things that they're making laws on? Or do they know that they're telling lies and they're just yeah. telling lies because they're liars? Ooh, I, I think it's a combination of both. Yeah, big shout out to Dana. Ironically, it's been like almost 10 years. And she it was her. Well, she was my first introduction to Blaze. Yeah. So big shout out to her. Uh, but no, no, on a serious note, uh, I have no idea what the hell that guy was going on about. And I say this as a gun guy. Um, if if that technology does exist where you can actually change the damn caliber, I need that. I want it. I need it. I need more of it. <laughs> uh, that too. is impressive. And um, I would like to, that needs to be on everywhere. We need to get that, um, it, we need to be able to purchase that. But yes, it, even if it did exist, if there's a law against it, it's a violation and certainly it is um, not righteous. Let's just call it that. But I do think it's a combination of both. He's an idiot. He's Joe right. Biden. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think they also expect that the people that they're talking to mm -hmm. are idiots as well. And they are. And that's the sad part of it. I'm not much of the doom and gloom. But yes, that is the sad part of it, that he is talking to someone and someone's going to repeat that and they probably maybe to believe it and to believe that there's actually people out there that would do that. But if you do, definitely if you're on the internet, I encourage you to go back and forth with some of these guys. If they literally are NPCs. Don't be surprised if that's something that someone else ends up talking about and they say it verbatim, even though it's very incorrect. Well, it's just, it's it's why these uh, lies or stupidities or whatever they are are so freaking dangerous because they are trying to act like they're advocating for a certain political ideology mm -hmm. or narrative or law change in yeah. this case. Right. Changing, amending. The, you'd have to amend the Constitution to, to get rid of 
legally, you'd have to amend the Constitution and the Bill of Rights to, to get rid of, let's say, you know, AR-15s or whatever. I, I personally think any, any law that currently exists that uh, makes it impossible for you to get a certain gun, I think is unconstitutional. Every single one of them. It's already unconstitutional. So right? We need so, to be talking about getting rid of the ones that exist. Right, but it just becomes so dangerous because then you have these people who listen to the lies Absolutely. and think that they're true. And, you know, it, it just so happened, I didn't plan for this, but it just so happened that while these videos were coming out of Joe Biden at this gun control conference, um, I was actually at a gun range and we were um, practicing and purchasing magnifiers and, you know, optics and all this. And um, I took, we took our ARs and I posted a video to which someone who claimed that they were a veteran called it an automatic weapon. And I'm oh, like, those guys are the worst. Don't get me started. I mean, then again, I don't have to be the one that you know, people expect this type of thing to come from me. But a lot of the biggest pushback, unfortunately, that I got have been from folks that are in that in that community. Like, like, how, how is it possible that you don't know that this is not an automatic weapon? Says, how, how is that? How is that possible? Maybe military ain't, ain't all of what we thought that they were. Uh, they're not sending their best. Uh, Apparently but, not. But, but no, seriously. Lo- but most of you are wonderful. And if yeah. you watch the show, we love you. I mean, it, it, it sucks, but. It is dangerous because what happens is, is they it's like the bump stock stuff where they start yep. paying lips to service to all of this, these yep. ideas. Yep. And then you give them the inch anyway, yep. because you're like, well, why not? And the next thing you know, yes, Trump, that's where he royally screwed up um, there, because it's not like it's funny. We're having this conversation now. Huh. Ben and bump stock certainly didn't stop them from uh, wanting to keep infringing on your rights to right. own weaponry. Right. Which exactly. That was the whole reason the whole why point. people say, oh, yeah, yeah. So we just give them this because, you know, we got to give them to shut up. Right. Well, they still right. haven't shut up. Right. You know, it's getting worse. It's right. getting worse when you have presidents saying such dangerous stuff. Like that. Ultimately, they wanted to disarm the populace. There's no reason to pretend like that isn't the case, but they're just trying to do it in the most cute and sexy uh, 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 ways. And the fact that he can say something that dumb goes to show that they don't think they have to make sense. Well, he wasn't done being dumb because at the end of his speech, he awkwardly was like, all right, God save the queen. See you. Bye. Watch. All right. God save the queen, man. And never knows where he's going. Never, never, he never knows where the exit. Okay. Oh, the, the figure point gets me every time I see that. <laughs> he thinks it like makes him look more vigorous to be like, ah, are we, are we, uh, eh, eh. and then you'll notice whenever he does that, he adds in like a little trot just to show people like, oh, well, I might not have known where I was going, but uh, look at me. I'm so full of vigor. I'm very vigorous. My doctor says so. Look, uh, uh, uh. God save the queen, man. It's just that I'm in Connecticut and we live in America and the queen's dead. So oh, come man. to your own conclusion on that. All right. Uh, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more. But we want to thank our sponsor, the segment Relief Factor. So uh, Relief Factor is there for those of you. Maybe you're living in constant pain. Millions of Americans are. And, uh, you know, it's just it's constantly like nagging at you. Maybe it's making you a little bit more impatient with your family because living in pain Like, it sucks. It's depressing, and it really sucks. I know this. I live with, or did live with until I was taking Relief Factor, but um, I do have herniated and protruding discs in my spine from a car accident, and it's no fun. Um, You don't want to live in pain, but you don't have to try Relief Factor because it is all natural. It's a supplement. It was made by doctors, um, and it actually targets the root cause of pain in your body, which is inflammation. So you're not going to be doing something that's going to be short term. You know, you rub a cream on for 10 minutes and it feels good and then it goes away. 
Let me tell you this. 70% of the people who tried this quick start pack from Relief Factor go on to keep reordering because it's working for them. So the odds are in your favor. If you try it, it will help and it can be life-changing. Okay, it's only $19.95. You can go to relieffactor.com to get that three-week quick start. It is relieffactor.com. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken traveled to China over the weekend and uh, during a six-hour visit with the Chinese foreign minister, uh, the ministry admitted that U.S.-China relations are at the lowest point since the establishment of diplomatic relations. Now, um, apparently, according to the, the China foreign ministry, they said that the, the agencies had a candid, in-depth, and constructive communication on the overall relationship between China and the United States and related important issues. Uh, fascinatingly... Secretary of State Blinken was speaking at a press conference earlier today and reaffirmed America's commitment to the One China policy, saying that we do not support a uh, Taiwan independence. Watch. On Taiwan, I reiterated the longstanding U.S. One China policy. Uh, that policy has not changed. It's guided by the Taiwan Relations Act, the three joint communiques, the six assurances. We do not support Taiwan independence. We remain opposed to any unilateral changes to the status quo by either side, we continue to expect the peaceful resolution of cross-strait differences. We remain committed to meeting our responsibilities under the Taiwan Relations Act, including making sure that Taiwan has the ability to defend itself. And now, I wouldn't ever purport to be a foreign relations expert. It's just not my expertise at all. Um, however, it is fascinating when you look at uh, the picking and choosing of when the United States decides that they really love independence and freedom. For instance, uh, Ukraine <laughs> seems to be a, you know, when you have this like cool, neat little money laundering scheme going on with a particular country, um, it's interesting how much you will fund their independence and how freedom of people and independence, uh, you know, of sovereign places is really important. And then there are other times when you don't, when it's not politically advantageous. And I'm just saying, Eric, it's almost like these uh, lawmakers, these elected officials, these cabinet members actually don't have any values or morals at all. And it's all just whatever they gain politically. Yeah, I mean, uh, but definitely when you're dealing with like war efforts and all that, mm -hmm. it's never at surface level. It's never historically been that way. Um, America started wars with countries in the uh, Middle East over uh, supposed uh, fighting for independence and all this. And next thing you know, they're funding both sides of the war and they're fi mm -hmm. fighting each other and all of that. So he kind of spoke out of both sides of his mouth. He was like, yeah, I want to make sure that those relations are good, but we also don't support their independence. Right. He's basically trying to have it both ways. Now, look, I'm the first one to say that I don't want America getting involved in all of that uh, nonsense by any means. We don't want that. But I guess this should be a lesson more so to the American people. Uh, to understand even with the Ukraine, especially with the Ukraine situation, as we uh, continue to throw billions of dollars at that at that whole charade there, that this isn't that's not what it is to take care about. They have their own particular motives and not, they're not going to just straight up tell you if you think just out of nowhere, like they have such a vested interest in helping Ukraine just because they care about independence as absolutely. <laughs> 
nothing uh, to do with it. And I would hope by now, certainly after the uh, I mean, the again, wars that have happened in the Middle East, you will at least understand by now that that's never what they what it is that they have uh, cared about. And I mean, I, I get being diplomatic um, when you're dealing with other countries, specifically China, who I'm sure the United States would hate to admit is like they they've they've bought up a lot of our land. Right. Like, they, I mean, they're they're enough to be a little dangerous at this point to us. Um, so I get being diplomatic, but it just it it still is a little shocking to me, like it always takes me aback that, you know, we're talking about uh, having in-depth and constructive communication between our, our countries and uh, we want our relationship with China to be good because it's like, I mean, they got people in like re-education camps and they're like, they're committing yeah. horrible human rights abuses. Yeah. And I just feel like maybe we should call that out every once in a while instead of being like, we just want to make sure that our relationship with you guys is great. Well, and even then, it's not like great um, it's not a beneficial one, uh, not as beneficial, I would say that. And I know there's going to be people that disagree. I'm, I'm all I'm a big trade guy. Obviously, yeah. I would prefer to trade as opposed to uh, go to war. I think trade is a beautiful thing. I think, um, in, in fact, you know what I mean? I would love for us to do it more, certainly with these countries. And maybe they'd hate us a lot less. But on the other hand, definitely with the Chinese. And I'm dealing with this as a businessman, understanding how much it's not it's less China that I have an issue with and more of the American government and how they try to tie our hands behind our backs and, and really incentivize and uh, almost effectively force people to go to countries like China, namely China and mainly China, to have to even exist as like business owners mm -hmm. is what really pisses me mm -hmm. off. Um, so when we start talking about even threats to other countries, I look at, yeah, that may be a thing. But I also look at the fact that I'm certainly far more if I am to pick and choose which countries that um, uh, governments, let's say that, that I'm more worried about doing something to me. I will take the United States government over yeah. the Chinese because I'm getting screwed royally by these guys every single day. And I'm pretty sure every businessman in this country feels me on that. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be back with more. Disney's Pixar released a new film over the weekend, but uh, you probably wouldn't know it because nobody went to watch it. Uh, <laughs> it flopped at the box office. This is Elemental, and it is the second worst opening in the studio's history, bringing in just $29.5 million in domestic ticket sales. Um, and just so we're clear, it did also feature the first non-binary character. Um, and uh, this, I guess, I don't even know who this is. Carrie, Kai Ava Hauser, who says that she was very excited that she was playing this non-binary, um, is, that, is that water? I don't know. It's elemental, so I'm assuming it's one of the many elements. But um, it's really fascinating because they keep trying this. They keep trying, you know, we saw it with uh, Lightyear. We saw it with one of the other ones that came out that there was something... There was something gay in it. I don't know. And, Strange world. And, yeah, and uh, and now this, and they they just like they can't quite put their finger maybe on why people don't want to watch their movies anymore. And it's just fascinating, Eric, because you and I are sitting here at this table, and you know I have American Beauty by Sarah, um, where we sell makeup to women who are proud to be real women and understand that uh, men cannot be women, and that. Um, 
even if men dress up like women, it's we're we're women and we are females and uh, try to celebrate real womanhood over at AmericanBeautyBySarah.com. And I know you you also similarly are participating in the parallel economy and have, have had tremendous success specifically recently. So I just like, are you torn when you see stuff like this and you're like, you get annoyed, but then you're like, actually, this is great for me because you're proving my point entirely. Well, I used to when I used to actually care about it more, the DC and Marvel stuff. And then I stopped caring about it and I created my own thing. And now I welcome it. Uh, so if they want to keep, keep driving themselves into the ground, I'm perfectly fine with that. And I actually thought that this was the worst um, I didn't know it was the second. I actually thought it was the worst. Maybe we're talking about just a uh, worldwide box, box mm-hmm. office of Pixar's uh, of, of a Pixar film, which is pretty significant. Definitely when you account for inflation. So it had everything going for it because, well, tickets cost more uh, nowadays. So with that being said, for them to have such an epic failure is very, very significant. So Disney, look, Disney's in trouble. I know we like to think that they're unstoppable because it's Disney. It resonates with everybody. We grew up on this. But when you consider the fact that this is they've spent, I think they spent $200 million on this. Mm. This is going this is tracking lower than what Lightyear is. So they might lose on an upward of two to three hundred million dollars off of this film. Right. Yeah. Um, this is this guy. These guys are in trouble. I need people to understand it. People don't, don't know how box offices work. They do not make all the money from the box office. They have to split that. And that split gets worse the longer that it's in theaters. They split it all with the theater and you have to account for marketing. So when you spend mm-hmm. 200 million, you're probably talking 350, maybe even 400 million that uh, that they uh, are going to have to end up making in profit. Oh, and making all, all together on their half in order to actually start profiting off the film. They're in trouble. Their parks aren't doing as well as what they used to do. And that's significant because they that's how they were able to offset the loss because they couldn't lose in the parks. Now, Universal's gaining a lot of ground there on them. So they're in trouble. We got another flop. Flash is uh, with Ezra Miller, who's also non-binary, uh, ironically enough, and he hits chokes out women and throws chairs at them as well as cho- uh, beating up dart players. That guy had all sorts of problems. That, that's about to lose money. So people are starting to get tired of all of this nonsense with Hollywood. They've lost their mystique. They're catching L after L after L. And me being someone that started my own comic book company, we actually released our first uh, animation. You guys can go check that out. What I saw too is a uh, launch animation. I tell you what, if I had $200 million, I'm not losing $300 million. If I had $200 million, I'm turning that in an easy billion dollars, $2 billion perhaps. Let them keep losing and made a parallel economy rise. Yeah, amen. Um, speaking of another L, uh, I want to show the, you know, we've been covering the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence that is that this just cute little drag nun group that um, we've shown doing horrible things, uh, dancing, performing provocatively on a cross while they uh, pretended, you know, the, there was someone reenacting Jesus being crucified. I mean, really just gross stuff. And they were being honored at Dodger Stadium for LGBT. Pride, whatever, drag night, whatever it is. I just know I want nothing to do with it. And um, there was a lot of outrage, rightfully mm-hmm. so, that, that this group was being honored. And I want to show the gigantic crowd of protesters that showed up outside the stadium. Um, they, they ended up blocking the entrance. There were so many of them. Um, I want to play some of this, this footage here, if we can. Submit ourselves to your holy will which is love I mean, and mercy is, itself. Jesus, I trust in you. 
Jesus, I trust Look how far you. back that goes. Jesus, I trust in you. Look at that. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Now, people ended up showing up for the game game, but at the little ceremony for these drag nuns, um, there was like virtually no one there. So just to compare and contrast, those were the people who showed up to protest. Here are the people who were actually interested in honoring the drag nuns. Watch. You know, it just goes to show you um, how many people actually like they're catering to. They think they think that it's a much bigger percentage of the population than it is because I'm not even talking about gay people. I'm talking about people who give a crap who that is their entire identity. Right. Because I th the average uh, gay person is turned off by this, too. So these people are literally catering to like. Nobody. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're pissing everyone off outside the stadium. That is not a sustainable way to do business. No, and people are finding that out the hard way uh, right now. It's funny about that story because they tried to bury it like an hour before because they themselves knew that this th th there's no real true appeal to it. And, and I'm like, why on earth would you even attempt to appeal to them if you kn yourself know that this is nonsense and folks don't care about it? Now, I think it's already bold that people would dare like, because I look at it as obviously mocking, mocking religion and the fact they, yes. just, they, they do that so openly and proudly mm -hmm. goes to show just how cultural much cultural rot kind of mm -hmm. there is that they they're, they're, they're perfectly fine with doing that. Nonetheless, it's it's a losing strategy and so many businesses are adopting it. And again, you need to vet who you guys are hiring. You keep hiring these blue haired weirdos and these marketing departments for your companies. And they're letting they're presenting it as if people actually care about this stuff. And sure, maybe a bunch of weirdos on Twitter with pronouns in their bio, but they're not real. That's not real life uh, for the most part. And you, you're going to you, you're effectively going to lose money. So it's going speaking. That's the same problem. Right. That looking at that. We just talked about the elementals. Mm -hmm. It's the same exact thing happening there. This is not something that is widespread. You're catering to a demographic that really doesn't exist. And the ones that are around, they don't have capital like that. And they probably aren't showing up at baseball games. That's what I was going to say is like, I want to see like the cross. I want to I want a Venn diagram for like people who love drag nuns and people who love baseball cuz i don't th i don't think there's a i don't think there's a overlap there i think they're just like this we got to go to break we'll be right back I want to play uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, uh, John Fetterman and Joe Biden up on stage. And, um, <clears throat> well, Fetterman is wearing his finest and speaking his finest as well. Watch. And now I'm standing next to the president again, next to a, a collapsed bridge here. And he is here to commit to work with the, the governor and the, the, the delegation the, to make sure that we get this fixed quick fast as well too oh, this is a president that is committed to infrastructure yeah and then on top of that the, 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 the jewel uh kind of a uh, law of the infra 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 
uh, bill <laughs> that is going to make sure that there's going to be bridges all across like this, all across the America getting rebuilt. Huh? <sighs> the, the inflation, uh, infrastructure, uh, in in for delegation. Delegation. I, this is, guys, don't come at me and say, you can't make fun of someone who's disabled. No, my point is that if he's, if he's disabled, he shouldn't be, he should not be there. He, he is a senator. There are only two of them for every state. That is a really important position, and that man cannot comprehend a sentence. I'm not saying this to be edgy, but to me, looking at that, that's the reason why I'm not the biggest fan of voting. Y'all put that in office. So actually, maybe I need to stop beefing less with the politicians and start beefing with people that had to, had to go nasty to go vote for him out there in Pennsylvania. That's a fair criticism to make. Very fair criticism to make. It really is embarrassing. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.